0: Thanks to everyone who supported the show this week via Patreon, including Mick Cowans, Ian Mercer, Alistair Harding, Ian Wilkinson, Matt Lacey, Iliko Elia, Roland Roberts and Jamie Holland. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so from $1 per episode. Go to 361podcast.com forward slash support. Here's a joke, uh, Rafe, really enjoyable. Oh, this is proper Christmas cracker material. Rafe, what's a
1: librarian's favourite vegetable?
2: I don't know. Shh, quiet please.
1: Uh, <laughs> very good, very good We could have done a Christmas cracker thing Couldn't we have done you know, these I was going to say five hit jokes You know these kind of, you know.
2: Oh, Mark will fix it in post
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly
2: <laughs> I
0: think the post role of the Christmas shopping episode Should be just Mark reading out A three minute prepared statement apology
1: <laughs> To <laughs> all <smaller> the <laughs> listeners This isn't who I am, we can do better than this I pledge to do better <laughs> The support of my family <laughs> And learn, You're going on a learning journey
0: Hello and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile tech and the world around it. My name's Ben Smith. I'm Ray Blanford. And I'm Ewan McLeod. This is Season 20, Episode 10, and this week we're doing our Christmas gift guide. If you need advice on gifts for the important people in your life, we've got suggestions from £5 to £500 and some tips on getting the most for your money.
1: Welcome back chaps, how are you doing? You and McLeod coming to us live from Amman, but we saw you recently. You have been in the U.K. Yeah, live from Amman, but last week I wasn't. Last week it was fantastic to see you guys in person. It was lovely. COVID permitting, of course. Covid safe. Yeah, that's right. Very nice. We stayed at least eight meters away from each other at all times and held our
0: breath throughout mm. the duration of dinner. Yes, I don't know if you have tried to eat uh, steak while holding your breath, but it's, um, mm-hmm. it's a challenge. Just it to it was water to that, and
2: salad, Ben.
1: Water and salad. That's right. I had. Steak. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yes. Get it right, please, gents. Ewan definitely had water and salad. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and no pudding. No hint of a dessert. Absolutely. Well, it's lovely to see you back where yeah. you should be. Thank you. What, what do you mean where I should be? Well, you know, on my screen. Right, it's, you're it's, not a real person.
2: Next to his fridge.
0: I uh,
1: understood. Understood. Right. Yes. Next to the, the the freezer. The fridge is down there. It is 29 degrees. In case you're wondering, it's slightly cooler than the 30 something. Excellent. Mm.
0: When we saw you, you were saying, "Oh, as soon as it's safe, come to visit." Which exactly. Obviously, I'm looking forward to doing. But
1: what well, is safe? What do you mean? As soon as it's safe. It's safe right now.
0: I'm here. We're, we're as soon as it's permitted. I think we have trouble mm. coming from the. You had lots of tests, didn't you, to get here and home again. So I assume we have
1: to do the same. Yeah, but no. But you say you can. Well, you mean yeah, you can still get here though. Ah, uh, fair enough. You do have to have a PCR to come in the country though. It's just the coming home that's the problem. <laughs> well, anyways, I was very excited
0: because I realised that just down the road from you, Dubai, yeah, ish, a little bit, kind of relatively down the road from you,
1: four hours, four hours in car trip, forty minute flight. I've driven further for less. <laughs> There's a
0: new kind of aqua park thing where they have a flume, a, a transparent flume. So you go down this flume ride, yeah. and it's transparent and it goes through shark tank of an aquarium. Oh, that is cool. So actually, whilst you're on the flume, you can look out around at <gasps> the wildlife. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. My niece and family are there at the moment. They're going to go are and try they? it out. I mean, not that I needed an incentive to come and visit you, but I mean, you and sharks, pff, I'm there.
1: But you know, you can walk through the aquarium. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, they put a diving bell style thing on your shoulders and you, you literally walk through.
0: Wow. Yeah. I feel like a flume
1: would be cooler. And- Less inclined to damp. I think it would be as well, yeah. yeah. And you can go skiing as well. We can go skiing. That'd be nice. Bargain.
2: I mean, I'm very fond of both of you, but I don't
1: really want to see you in swimming trunks.
0: That's fine. Oh, to be honest, I would close my eyes the whole way down anyway.
2: <laughs> Hang on, no,
1: that's I don't see you. How are you? Um, uh, sorry, I'm pointing. That's not very helpful. Uh, uh, how are you both then? How are you, Ben? How are you, Blanford?
2: I'm very good, thank you, Ewan. Yes, hmm. I mean, I'm feeling very chipper. All
1: right. Good. Well, I left the house this week, so
0: that was quite exciting. <laughs> We've started to have meetings back in the office now, so ah. seeing other humans is very exciting. So, yeah, life isn't exactly back to normal, but there's um,
1: some new stuff wait, happening. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I flew back on Friday, and I was stuck in traffic, a three-hour traffic jam in the M25, and it wasn't people sellotaped or superglued to the the motorway. It was, right. um, it was just, I think, an accident. But well, it's certainly back to normal, as far as I could tell, in terms of traffic. Yes. Yeah.
0: I think we've been quite slow going back to -to face-to-face meetings, just because it's been difficult to make our particular workplace COVID-safe and get everyone in and out and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, it's it's been nice, and I'm definitely a big advocate for working from home being part of the mix. But I'm Mm. remembering what I missed about it, so I'm kind of thinking, yeah, a blend will be the
1: future. Before we begin, because it's it's a very special episode, and you'll do your your standard intro. I just want to ask you about spending what loads of cash <laughs> what are you doing for the new apple Macs? no the new mac pro what's your policy yeah we should head this one off at the pass because mm. my flippant answer to so
0: this, this is going to be our christmas gift buying guide episode and my my flippant answer was going to be just buy me a new mac that's fine that's all i want <laughs> just just the mac it's fine you don't have to get anything special Rafe blanford
2: we were talking about this before the tape started rolling you said you haven't ordered one yet where are you going to i'm still thinking about it because i am in the market for a new personal mac but i was looking at it and go oh i could buy it but it's going to take a couple of months to arrive because everyone else was ordering at the same time and i kind of want to see some of the reviews come out because it's a fairly major hardware change and when that's happened before sometimes there's been bad screens keyboards yeah
1: don't get the first one
2: yeah yeah things like that and because i'm not desperate for it and i'm also interested to see some of the benchmarks because i think the m1 has outperformed what a lot of people thought for kind of everyday tasks and that might be enough and i'm going to steal something that ben said on twitter i think which was quite like you know the macbook pro chassis and screen but i wonder whether it could have the lower spec in it and maybe not be forking over quite so much because the m1 pro m1x i think it is they seem to be really good but I think it just underlines the advantage Apple has in the market in terms of those processors and kind of a completely integrated package. But because it's not an immediate need to replace it right now, have to have it because it's broken or something, I was actually just going to give it a little while. Well, yes, for the benefit of the non-Apple fanboys who might be listening,
0: we're talking about Apple's new range of MacBook Pros that have just been released with updated M1 Pro and M1 Max chips inside them, which are mm. even more whizzy and performant than the M1s. That were released last year, and it's the first time that they're starting to put really high performing chips in work tools. So, yeah, I was pretty excited as well. I I, I flip flopped a bit about would I buy one or would I not because I'd promised myself I would replace my 2016 MacBook Pro as soon as I could because I didn't like the keyboard and I didn't like the Touch Bar and you know and 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 <laughs> and uh, I kind of was umming and erring about replacing it. So I think I probably will. But like you, Rafe, it's hard to know what I need. Along to the right and down. Come on. Well, that used to be my default position, mm. but actually, that is now significantly more expensive. These devices now sort of start in the middle of the old price range.
1: Yeah, three two nine nine along and down at the minute. Well, if you go to the right,
0: if you go to the right and down on
1: all of the options, you can be looking oh, well, at a five grand yeah, yeah. laptop
0: quite easily. And I, yeah. I'm pretty sure even on my worst days at work, I don't need one of those. But actually, Rafe's spot on. I think that these things are so incredibly powerful now. I actually might be back to buying the bottom of the range because actually in terms of performance and and graphics power that's all you need actually to do you know a relatively wide range of jobs and the only reason to buy these devices over the perhaps the macbook air which is an incredibly capable device now Mm. is the the screen and the chassis and the ports and those sorts of things because it's almost if you wanted more ports and battery life and fast charging and all that kind of stuff you've got to buy this device that already has this incredible processor in it so i probably buy a relatively low spec one. But nevertheless, that's, as we were saying, that's probably a two to two and a half thousand pound commitment. So I am in the business of collecting up all of the MacBooks in my house that I don't need anymore and trading them in. And I say MacBooks, yes, multiple ones. I've got a pile of brown boxes from the Apple recycling downstairs to fill with laptops to send back. So that's my weekend sorted. But I am quite excited, I have to say. I'm talking to you now. We're recording now on a... Mm -hmm fairly ancient Intel Mac Mini actually which always has done a a sterling job so um, I'm wondering whether or not I'll buy a MacBook Pro and replace it as my desktop and travel machine and it'll just be one machine to Mm. rule them all.
1: Would it be the 16 inch or the 14?
0: Probably 14. Because if we return to any kind of travel lugging the 16 around is inconvenient and uh, I have I'm afraid optimized all of my bags and kit for 13, 14 inch devices. I don't think you can get a 16 in my very very favourite Peak design, everyday laptop bag, which I think is the same one you have, Rafe Banford, isn't it? Yeah. It
2: is, yes. Um, that's the other quandary I have on size. I've also picked up a Microsoft Surface Laptop 3. I quite like having both the Windows and the Mac machine around, partly mm. for kind of compatibility and doing things and an unfortunate privilege to be in the position to be able to do that. So my new laptop thing hasn't quite kicked in yet but they do look really nice and i'm just looking (laughs) at the page right now and going "Mm, yeah what's all these things that i would like but don't actually need
0: yeah so ben's christmas gift buying guide is buy me a top of the line m1 max laptop and i should be very happy i think like all the best presents i should probably buy it for myself though it's my christmas solution we should move on though and we will go back and talk about laptops because A, I think everybody else who's covering the news has covered it better at the moment, and we can do something more considered, but also we can talk about decisions we've actually made rather than me salivating over the order form uh, later, (laughs) perhaps closer towards Christmas. But we should crack on, because in a break of a 10-year unbroken streak, we've Mm. decided to record our Christmas gift guide in adequate time to edit and publish it, and for people to hear it in good time, where they might actually be able to take action as a result of that Christmas gift-buying guide and go out and buy some of the products we're talking about, which yes. feels odd to me. I feel like our Christmas gift buying guys should always really come out sometime just before New Year.
1: And be recorded on the 19th.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. yes. And, yeah. and be yeah. nine-tenths of no use to anybody, except people telling us we're wrong about <laughs> yeah. the product yeah. and we've What chosen. were you
1: thinking? Exactly. exactly.
0: So I'll start the timer. There you go. A little, uh, behind the curtain. So there, make sure that nobody's... Christmas suggestions get more than their fair share of time Mm -hmm. and we've got three suggestions each and if we do well for time a few bonus suggestions at the end and Rafe Blanford's not paying attention so I'm going to invite him to go first. Rafe what is your first gift suggestion and why?
2: My first uh, gift suggestion kind of goes into the category of don't really need this but it's quite nice when someone goes and buys you something like this which is the walnut leather tech organizer it's 126 euros it's actually recommended by a friend of mine called lorenzo so thank you to him for the idea on this because i have actually got one and it's really very nice
1: so say that walnut or walnut
2: it's walnut w-o-o-l-n-u-t and they make various kind of leather accessories and holders for various bits of kit this particular one is for kind of organizing all your plugs airpods memory cards cables so, it's the sort of classic design, you know, it folds open flat and then it's got various elasticated straps inside it for you to hold and keep everything neat. And I've noticed this thing going back into the office a bit more, you have to have your adapter with you or memory yeah. card or charger and things like this. And it, rather than having it all thrown in the bag, it's really nice to have it all organized. This is made up of full grain leather from Scandinavia. So, you can absolutely buy one of these things for sort of £10 or less from Amazon and kind of have it in neoprene or your preferred material so this is kind of buying a bit of a luxury item it's you know designed for kind of travel but actually just throwing it in the top of your laptop bag works really well and it's just you know of course there's attention to detail on the manufacturing and the design and it's sort of reasonably sized so you know you can get a charger in it plus some cables so for me it was just the right one as i said the company make a bunch of other things as well But this is enough for me to be able to take a kind of trackpad or mouse plus, you know, AirPods plus charger and a few cables. So that's my first recommendation. But also, again, have a look at the site. If you've got a loved one or someone you're buying a present for who kind of likes their gadgets, Mm. actually sometimes getting a really nice case or something like that can be a good choice. And particularly, I think, ones where it's for carrying accessories where you probably wouldn't buy it for yourself. But you go, oh, yeah, that's a nice one to have. So. That's my starting point. No, I've got it. I'll use it. Yeah.
0: They've got some really nice sleeves for laptops and devices on there as well. And uh, yeah, that uh, looks like some really nice uh, high quality leather. I'd say if you are wanting the same, but perhaps not wanting leather or wanting a slightly more rugged look, I already mentioned them on the show, but I would say take a look at the Peak Design websites. They offer some excellent tech pouches and those sorts of things. Absolutely the other end of the scale to what Rafe's suggesting in terms of, Elegance, and you know he's a classy gentleman, and I've just got my tech pouch with all my wires chucked in. But have a look at that; I've got a couple of their products, and they've also done really nicely. And I think anyone who knows their onions will really appreciate products like these because they're very thoughtfully designed. They're not just nice materials, but the structure and what's inside them, and the way they keep things safe, are really good as well. Fantastic, thank you, Ray Flanford. Walnut w o o l n u t dot If you're nice. interested in that one, you at McLeod, would you like to go next?
1: Right, mine's very simple, very straightforward. This is for parents, friends, family who you have iPhones, AirTags. tags. Now twenty nine pounds each to buy an AirTag, you know, four for ninety-nine pounds. My view with these is I think they will make excellent Christmas presents because this is a good good price point, twenty nine pounds versus ninety nine. You can also go and get the various different keyring uh, things, there's a whole load of different possibilities now. But I, I think for anyone with an iPhone I'm counting my mother, my brothers, you know, people that maybe aren't tech geeks. An AirTag, I think now, now, would be easy to administer, easy to use, valuable. We've got a lot of them here, as I've already discussed in previous episodes. And quite a few times I've had to go and find Hetty's keys, you know, or go and find her handbag or whatever. And using the um, using the AirTags, it's been very, very useful. They've always been in the house, but... Am I right in saying, gents, it's a no-regret for anyone with an iPhone? Is it a no regret purchase? It hasn't been
0: something we've regretted and actually the hours have just got more valuable recently because the most recent iOS update has added in the left behind feature. Yes. So now you can select AirTags and Mm. AirPods actually as it happens but AirTags as well and um, your phone will chirp when it's been close to them and lost them again, so mm. I left a wallet behind in a coat with some keys in, and it said "Jerp." You know, you've forgotten them, and I. Mm. It reminded me in time. It's also been really handy to find AirPods as well when I've left them behind right. because that's the connection. And I think the nice thing there is that it's sort of training people that there is this reminder service there for their Apple devices, yes. and um, it's implemented in a really nice native way yeah. other devices do do this reminder service but this is implemented in a nice way the notification pops up and my experience so far is that notification pops up quickly enough that I can do something about it i have had tile devices in the past which do have this or did have this feature in beta mm. but it took a little bit of a while to say oh, i can't see these anymore yeah so i think this service is nice and mature and yeah absolutely it gives additional value because when we first bought the air tags they were great. They did mm. the job of helping us find our keys when we were in a rush and we couldn't locate them or, or something like that. But you kind of did tend to forget about them, whereas this is really handy. And you, of course, you don't have to have this on as well if you don't want to be reminded about leaving things behind. Yeah. If, if that's an annoyance to you, you can turn it off and it doesn't detract from the other features on AirTags. I yeah. suppose I, whilst I'm talking, I'd jump in and say if you are buying for a non-iPhone user or mm. somebody who lives in a more mixed ecosystem, I actually still would recommend the Tile products. They've updated them recently. The Tile Pro is forty nine ninety nine and looks like a quite nice, elegant metal and plastic key fob now. It's much nicer looking than some of the original plastic widgets from Tile in the past. I think AirTags have sort of woken them up a bit and um, it's a much more pleasant to look at product. It's also got a much longer Bluetooth range and a louder speaker, which makes it much more useful to track down around the house. It doesn't have the kind of network like Apple does with its searching through iPhones for other people to find them. But Tile have paired with Amazon and it will work with Amazon's network between its Echo devices. And that partnership is likely to deliver more value in the future as well. So had you asked me six months ago, I would have said, don't buy Tile devices. I don't think they really have a future in the face of Apple and presumably Google and Samsung producing similar devices in the future as well. I think that, future, well, that execution has been put off mm. for the time being, and these are good suggestions. Actually, Great for iPhone users as well, but actually, like I say, in a house where you might have people using lots of different devices, have a look at the Tiles, particularly the new ones. Something I do still use is the Tile Slim, which is $29.99. That goes in my wallet. Mm, Because it's mm. a credit card size, then it's the only tracking device I can find on the market that I want to use that fits inside a wallet.
2: All right, Ben, what's your first gift suggestion? Yes, come on. Okay, so my first gift
0: suggestion is the Noli N-O-L-I-I magnetic charger. It's called a set battery.
1: Okay.
0: It's 55 pounds. Set battery. Yes. So why should you buy this? So this looks like a USB charging plug with a top-up battery magnetically attached to it. And the idea here is that you take the plug and you stick it in the wall in your kitchen or somewhere convenient to you, and you can use it like a USB charger to charge up your phone. But hanging off the bottom all the time is this external battery, and it charges up. And then when you leave the house, you just grab it, it magnetically decouples, you leave the plug-in the wall, and you've got a battery with a lightning cable attached to it all the time, and it also has a USB-A hole in it so that you can plug in other charging cables. And then you come home, and you you take your keys out of your pocket, you take your phone out of your pocket, you get your battery, you stick it back in, and it magnetically just pings back in and recharges. And so it's a great thing to have for somebody who's always on the go. Because I have loads of those battery devices, but mm. my problem is they're always empty because I use them and then I never remember to bring them back inside the house, plug them in, find the cables to charge them up. And so this is really nice and convenient.
1: What's the, uh, yeah, I mean, the milliamps I That's will six, find that for you. No, it's 6700, six, it says, here yeah. 6700, so
0: yep. that will comfortably fill up an iPhone at least once or twice, I mm. would say, from memory. But more importantly, it's always there, it's easy to charge, and you can leave it by the front door. And I thought that was a really nice bit of design. So Mm. N-O-L-I-I, I'm going to say it's pronounced as Noli, but uh, forgive me if I've got that wrong. They also do a range of cases and other chargers and cables and things, and it's a UK-based accessories brand, and they've Mm. got some really nice bits. But I think the set battery is a truly unique product in terms of the magnetic connection and the convenience factors. And it comes in a range of actually, I think, fairly appealing colours as well. So, well, Can I jump too.
1: in on, on, on top of yours? Because I stand on your shoulders there, Ben. Because I had also in my list had the Anker power PowerCore battery. Way more traditional. I like what you're saying with this Noli. That's a very smart use case. I had uh, just looking at it rather, rather brutally simplistic. You know, you need power. And there's a few friends of mine that I have actually given an Anker power PowerCore battery to. And uh, a few times when I said, and here you go, happy birthday, they've gone, mm-hmm, and these are non-tech people. They go, thank you, what is this for? And I said, well, you know, you always run out of power. I prefer the 28,000, uh, 28,000, yeah, uh, 600 milliamp one, which will charge most iPhones, top of the range Google or Android phones, six times, a tablet, twice. I like that, and I, I used, I have three of them here, especially when, you know, we had we had a, a cyclone recently that is useful to have a bit of power backup but i think for travel for general reality i think it's useful to have a power core battery just a, and a good quality one some yeah. people i think would really value it i think you're the only one different use case i really like that probably for the individual i'm, I'm just thinking of other 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 individuals that might just want the simplicity of uh, a power core battery i have then had friends the friends i've bought this for you know a few times yeah it's taken six months before they then come back to me, and say, "Thank you, I really use this a lot." Right, but but then they've had to charge it up. You do have to charge it. Yeah, you know, once it's gone, you do have to charge it up. So my suggestion actually would be, if you're going to do that, if there's
0: a geek in your life, but you think that just handing over a battery might be a bit underwhelming, actually, mm. what I've done for for a couple of people in the past, not as Christmas presents, but as, as mm. incidental presents, is I've made them up a travel kit. So I've done that as well. Yeah, I've bought yeah. one of those little cases, perhaps something yeah. like Rafe's talked about, or something yeah. smaller. And I've bought anchor cables for all the devices that they have and a battery with an appropriate size charger. And actually, I used to really like those Moo plugs, but any folding USB plug, because there's lots in the market now, stick them all in there. And basically, now there's several people who've got these little kits and they haven't had to gather all those bits. They've just got everything they need. And as soon as you go on holidays or you go traveling, you really appreciate the convenience of having it all there. And crucially, not having to tear your desk or your bedside cabinet apart to bring the things you use daily. To have a nice travel set so i think that can make quite a nice thoughtful yeah, gift it's sort of not something it, you've like made that. but yes. it's something you've compiled so yes that's thoughtful. yes here's
1: my curated travel set
0: yeah curated travel set so anyway noli n-o-l-i-i take a look at the set battery there 55 pounds it's a bit of a premium for the convenience but i think that's a really nice gift particularly if it's someone who is a traveler and a
1: geek yeah the anchor power core is 55 as well by the way i should have said interesting
0: But if you're looking for something cheaper as a stocking stuffer, Anchor has do a whole range of different sizes. Oh, they do, they do, yeah. Yeah. Right, we're going to come back to you because you haven't Mm. said enough thus far. So what's your second suggestion?
2: Yes, thank you, Ben. I want to talk about two books that I'd recommend as Christmas gifts, and particularly probably for the person in your life who maybe is into their technology or thinking about the future. And we've spent so much time in the last couple of years, dwelled on what's happening in the pandemic, and I think it's quite good to look forward. Also, that can be a bit scary robots stealing your job, AI taking over the world, all these kind of things. But I've always been a bit of a techno-utopian in that I see technology as actually a way that's got us out of a lot of trouble and continuing development is a good thing. But I don't think you can look at the headlines and not be a bit concerned about what's happening. So two books I want to recommend. Um, Framers, which is Human Advantage in the Age of Technology and Turmoil. It's got three authors, Kenneth Cookier, Victor Mayer, Schoenberger, and Francis Vericott and essentially this is actually from the people who wrote big data some of you will have read that and it's just saying that with climate change pandemic we're seeing kind of unprecedented challenge against humanity and how can you kind of respond to that with a bit of optimism and it's essentially saying that humans have a unique ability to kind of frame to create mental models that spot patterns make predictions grasp new situations while computers have got really good Reasoning and judgment; those core AI skills, and so it's intended as a way to kind of be a bit of a optimism around the role of humans going forward. But I also think it gives a lot of ways about, you know, way humans can be important working with AIs, and you know, it goes through sort of some of the like all of these kind of business stroke research-based books. It uses case studies, so there's stuff like Spotify in there, the Me Too movement, and how that had an impact on the perception of sexual assault as well as how you can look at COVID-19 as uh, seasonal flu and the impact that had, and also the framing around the impact of SARS and how that kind of spared New Zealand. So lots of interesting things in there. I mean, the tagline on the flyleaf is framers will show you how to make better decisions in an age of algorithms and will revolutionise not only how you think about our future, but how we think about everything. I don't necessarily agree with everything in it, but I think it's always great to have that food for thought and sort of get away from the day to day and start thinking about that. Mm -hmm. And I think putting more of the humanity back into technology, the way we think about the future is a really healthy thing to do. It's £20. You can get it at any good independent bookshop as well as the evil mega corporations as well. The (laughs) second book is Rule of the Robots and How Artificial Intelligence Will Transform Everything. This is by Martin Ford. I think this is one of the best summaries I've seen of kind of the trends, the technology that's happening in AI, the consequences and the impact will have them. So it's kind of very much a general interest AI book, a kind of primer to get into the topic. And it talks about, you know, how it's having an impact on every dimension of human life and how machines can solve some of the problems that humans can't, you know, fighting climate change about generative content, you know, AI doing audio and video and like events that never happened. And that sort of starts to go along the continuum of concern and how it may be misused by authoritarian regimes. And there's obviously uh, case studies on China and things like that, how it become very deeply biased, not because AI is, but the humans that create it are. And so there's examples of that. So it goes through, I think it's a good primer because there's a lot of kind of hype around AI and misunderstanding. And so, again, it's a book that has made me think and learn how it can be used positively, but also... Negatively, but the bottom line is AI is here to stay. And the question is not how to stop it, but how to control its negative potential and harness its power for good. And I just think, as a book that describes how AI will transform politics, economics, manufacturing, and everything else, and the impact on our lives, it's a really good thing. And again, something to make me think about the future. So, two book recommendations as Christmas gifts.
0: Wow. Yeah. Interesting. They're both on topics I'd love to read about. And I was just about to say, God, it's a bit heavy for Christmas. But actually, on reflection, Christmas Mm. is about the only time where I get some quiet time to sit down and actually read a book in a quiet, concentrating way now that I'm not commuting anymore. So Mm. it's a great time to indulge in a bit of learning. I was going to jump on your book suggestion, actually. And I am desperate for reading books at the moment. I have a big pile behind me. I've started buying paper books because... Because of Yeah. Because of Rafe. Yeah. But you said they were a good idea in the past. And I Agreed, because they were hidden on my Kindle and you know didn't prompt me to read them, and now they're in a big pile behind me in my office, and I still don't read them. But at least I feel guilty about it. Judging you, yeah. However, one of the ones I have managed to read this year is "We Are Bellingcat." For those that don't know, Bellingcat is an open-source intelligence agency. It's an organization that Elliot Higgins, who's the author of the book, founded, and they use open-source information to research events. So they uncovered the identity of the. Russian agents that did the Salisbury poisoning. They came up with the most credible and now broadly accepted explanation of flight MH17s being shot down by a rocket launcher. And essentially, what they do is they use all the available public source information on the internet, combination of artificial intelligence, openly available tools, those sorts of things, to research these topics. And this is the story of the organisation and how it came to be. And it's absolutely fascinating, because even if you're not especially interested in sort of the intelligence agency side of things, because these people are not an intelligence agency, but that's sort of how they behave, except they make their findings public. The power of the tools available to them, everything from open source satellite data to material that's been hacked from public databases to information leaks to just purely the power of the crowd and people's photographs Mm. from cell phones, it's very noticeable. In the MH17 investigation they did, They were just using pics that people had snapped of this unusual looking tank that was rolling through part of Ukraine, I think it was at the time. And people have posted it to social media, but of course that's created a permanent geotag timestamped record
3: of where this vehicle was. (laughs) And so it's
0: incredibly powerful information source and, you know, sort of the Russian officials tried to dispute the claims. But actually these photos and videos are such high quality resolution that you can see the serial numbers on the tank as it moves around and things. And so it's really interesting uh, if you're into internet, if you're into data, if you like James Bond stories, this is all fascinating and actually is also, I think, quite complementary to the kind of stuff you were talking about, Rafe, because it can make you feel, you know, the use of our data for advertising and sort of the abuse of our private data can make you feel quite despondent about what the internet's good for. But actually, this is about turning that data collection on its head for arguably quite significant public good. And I have to say, I you know, personally was, was fascinated to read this. It's a really well-written story and it follows the path of starting out in a small group of people who were interested in identifying armaments, primarily as a sort of a hobby, which sort of ballooned into now this organisation which has researchers and actually trains journalists to use data sources you know, on the internet for their own work. So I'd recommend that. It, I think it retails £20, as Rafe says, available in all good bookshops. And uh, I'm looking at here on the, the Evil Megacorp, and it's £14. So a bright riveting read. Recommended. Wow. Okie dokie, you McLeod, you should go next. What's your second gift recommendation?
1: Well, the second was actually my battery, so I've done that. Sorry, what's your third? My third one is this. Again, I'm thinking of parents and uh, friends and other family members. Google Nest Hub, second gen. Or the Amazon Echo Show 5, that's also second gen. Similar pricing, so the Google Nest Hub is £89 and Echo Show 5 is £75. They don't have a photo frame. If they don't have an Amazon Echo or a visual Amazon Echo or equivalent. I really like the Google Nest Hubs. I have for the longest time been talking about them. I have the original ones. They're still going really strong. Although they're £89, the second gen, or the, the first gen was a similar price point, Google regularly does massive discounts. And I remember being the Dixons tax-free, if you remember those experiences, you know, when you used to travel. The only reason to fly, wasn't it? It's basically, and I used to visit it all the time. I used to regularly find them at different times of the year for £49. And, you know, for a screen that's really good quality and it does, does all the various different things that you'd expect, one of these kind of personal assistants to do. I really like the picture frame capability. I have bought these for friends and family. He said, hey, try this. And again, it's a successful thing. It might sound a bit boring, you know, we're perhaps meant to be thinking of really cool stuff, but I thought I should come with something that's quite straightforward, this. You know, if you've got a mother, a father, you can actually configure your Google Nest Hub. I haven't done it with the Amazon Echo Show, but I've configured the Google Nest Hub, You know, with various different photo albums you know, on Google Photos. Very efficient, very easy. Um, and even if they don't, um, some of my family members don't actually use the assistant functionality at all. It's just a photo frame. But for £49 and, and standby, you know, Black Friday's coming, it will be, I would predict, they always tend to half the price, £49, 59 I think for what you're getting there feels really good value to me. I included the Amazon one on my list as well, because if, if it's an Amazon household, I think that can be really useful, especially the Amazon, was it, is it called drop-in? So yes. the capability, I think yeah, there's a lot of family members I know, different families that use this all the time, all the time. In fact, when I was traveling the other week, I, I walked past a, a family and I just happened to be standing in a queue and I heard this dad say to his son, let's drop in on granny. You know, and they, and they literally did a, a drop in and granny went, oh, hi, you know, I could just, that, that's all I heard. But yeah. yeah, they're really using it as a, it was a natural, it wasn't FaceTime, it didn't say FaceTime, it's a drop in. So I just wanted to highlight that. I think that could be a nice, you know, friends, family, parents, perhaps. There we go.
0: Yep, and we don't use it that way, but I think the Amazon devices allow you to use a, an Amazon Photos directory yeah. as a source. So right. you could even put the photos there for somebody else to view if you want to just have that sort of dream of the remote yeah, control. Yeah, I have a, like
1: a, an album for a family member, and yeah. that's where I put the photos. and they just Photos of the through. kids. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Okie okay, dokie. Okay. So my next suggestion, thank you for asking, is <laughs> noise-cancelling headphones. So these are fantastic. I don't know, maybe I'm getting soft in my old age, but having gone back onto public transport recently and having gone back into travelling and commuting a bit, you know, the odd one, it seems really noisy out there. And I I, I don't know whether it's just me, uh, you know, sort of being very sensitive in my old age or whether everybody's just got this pent-up energy from having been stuck inside for a year. But I'm really appreciating having some noise-cancelling headphones so that I can stick on when I'm travelling. And it just mm. drowns out the din and yeah. makes the whole experience of being on public transport or at places like that a bit less stressful. And actually, I stuck him in the other day walking around the supermarket and I didn't even play music. I just left the noise cancelling on. I had my AirPods in, so you know, just left them in. And actually, it was really nice. I just felt very calm just sort of walking around. Mm. I could hear well enough what was going on, but it just wasn't this kind of blaring noise, I'd say. Maybe I'm getting fragile in my old age, but I wanted to say noise-cancelling headphones, and I had three recommendations, actually. Go on. Because noise-cancelling headphones can be a bit expensive, but what I wanted to suggest was if you're looking for excellent noise-cancelling headphones but you're on a bit of a budget, the Sony WH-1000XM3s, I wish Sony would just come up with a better name.
1: A WH-1000XM3? That sounds fantastic. So the XM3s are
0: the previous generation of noise cancelling headphones. So these are now reasonably well discounted. Don't pay a penny more than £200 for them. I think you're right. During Black Friday, you'll see these with reasonable size discounts on. But even though they're last generation headphones, they are excellent. The noise cancelling and the comfort and the convenience and the design of the Sony headphones are still brilliant. These are still excellent headphones. And if you've got somebody who is probably just going to use them to listen to music over Mm. bluetooth or a wired connection because it can do both there is very little reason to upgrade to any of the newer generations and you can have some absolutely stonking very close to best in market noise cancelling headphones for well under 200 pounds now i'm literally wearing mine now to record the podcast i don't use the noise cancelling function while we're recording obviously Mm. but these are so comfortable just absolutely outstanding If you've got a little more money to spend, you want the latest version, or you think that you might want to give them to somebody who would like to use them to make phone calls, so use the microphone feature in, because the XM3s do have a microphone, but it's nothing to write home about. The XM4s, which are the next generation of the model I was talking about, or the Bose QuietComfort 700s, are both available around the £250- £260 mark. They are both excellent, I would say, Choose based on style and brand preference. I don't think there's a significant difference beyond individual preference between those devices. But uh, noise-canceling headphones, very much appreciated and actually mm-hmm. quite accessible now at those prices. And Ewan, why don't you pick this up? Because right. you talked about kids.
1: Yeah, so I i have the longest time been a big fan of Sony. I think a while ago, I think it might have been you, or maybe it was Warcutter, someone persuaded me to just try Bose and I have the comfort 700s. And look, I think the Sony or the but Bo- I don't know if you can go wrong with either just absolutely fantastic especially on a plane I had a horror the other day when I realised uh, we were travelling back economy we were being sensible and I was perfectly fine with that during the day this is cool the children will all be plugged into their iPads and now and again I you know if I'm not entertaining one of them especially the four year old doing sticker books and stuff I will be able to take 40 minutes and just zone out exactly as you were saying I'll be able to watch something decent on the iPad or whatever but I did want to have the, my quiet comforts with me I forgot them <sighs> I was furious. Furious. So I actually made an impulse purchase in Moscow Airport. They had some quiet comfort seven hundreds. Went and bought a pair. Done. And discharged them up with my anchor power core battery that I was carrying while we nice. sat at McDonald's. But then the children. This is an interesting one. The bulls quiet comfort's about £265 and that that is similar to the the Sony the latest generation Sony's. For children, typically you want some smaller ones. These aren't noise cancelling, but they are, uh, again, this is Wirecutter's recommendation, and I have verified their recommendation. We've had uh, two, now three, pairs of Puro Sound Labs BT2200. These are made for children, so they're a little bit smaller. Bluetooth, uh, about 10, 12 hours from memory. Wireless. Battery. You can plug them in, especially to the airline entertainment systems if you need to. They come with a little cable but the best thing with these is they are noise limited or sorry volume limited so you you can't ruin your eardrums which you, you can technically with a Bose or you know any other headphones mm-hmm. these ones are specifically limited so i do like that they're incredibly comfortable some children like to have the over ear so you can actually you can buy an adapter just you buy the, the, the over ear the headphone bit just kind of fit it on they come by default with on ear but the, the boys really wanted the over ear because they felt that was a bit more, it kept more sound out. They loved them. This trip, they've been, we've been using the Piros, uh for two or three years. They are really good. That came from Wirecutter originally, but I've been really enjoying them. So if you, ha- if you have children and you want wireless Bluetooth, I made the mistake for Octavia, the four year old, of buying her some LOL. You know, LOL, that, that kind of children's girl brand. Right. They did some Bluetooth headphones and they just came apart on the flight. Because I I didn't have time to order her some. She hadn't needed any. She just wouldn't wear them. But this time, this trip, because she's now four, she did one. So I actually ordered some when I was in the UK, some pink ones. Loved them. Seamless. She used them for hours. Still uses them. So Puro Sound Labs. Do have a look at them for children.
2: All right. two points. One observation, one question. Um, Ben, would you like some slippers and some crumpets to go with your old man headphones? And one question for you, and I feel there was a bit missing from your impulse purchase story. Was there something that maybe happened a little while after that?
1: Um, yeah, I was um, absolutely uh, furious. I'd forgotten these headphones. Furious because I would actually I realised when I was getting out of the car, I was just getting everything and I just, oh, I just left them in the bed. Left them in the bed. So while the family was ensconced at McDonald's, I said, "I'm just going to go and buy some headphones." And Hetty, I think she could tell from my you know, do not question. Just gonna go and buy some headphones, right? Because she's got. I bought some for her a while ago. She's got them. Everyone's got them, apart from me. And if I'm not doing an eight-hour flight without, as so she didn't question, I went. I got them done. I had to come back again because I forgot my boarding pass. done. Don't speak to me. Then I'm happy. And then as I am packing up. I realised that, of course, I do have my quiet comforts with me in the bottom of my bag because I was being organised. So now I have two of those quiet comfort models. I haven't quite worked out how to deal with that yet, right? Because I'd already ripped the box open, used them, plugged them in. You know, I actually got rid of the box already. <laughs> Couldn't take them back. Mm. Anyway, I've got an extra pair just in case. There we go. Hot standby. Yeah. Mm.
0: I was just looking at the Puro site there. We also have the 2200s and ah. Concur. chunky, great controls work really well for kids. Absolutely brilliant. Since I last looked, they've also added some noise cancelling models on. So oh. there's Puro okay. Quiets now and um, hybrid active noise cancelling, all for kids, but with over ear and on ear solutions if you want noise cancelling. If that sounds a bit pricey, though, and uh, I mean, we bought the Bluetooth ones because we wanted the flexibility, but there are puro basic ones which are wired only models for well I'm looking at the u s site here for as low as thirty five dollars so you know if you are just thinking about a stocking stuff a gift to go along with a tablet or a games yeah. console or a bigger present for kids the whole puro range is excellent they've been widely reviewed by independent labs as well and the noise limiting ear protection features are yeah. absolutely straight up legit so thoroughly recommend those and they're available at a very attractive price point all the way down into the wired models as well. Hmm. Okay, I think it's to me for my last and final suggestion, and I'm going to go a little bit off-piste here, and my suggestion would be a Stream Deck Mini. What is that? What is a Stream Deck, you ask me? Thank you, Jan. Yeah. So Stream Deck is actually intended... Oh, it's a
1: little button thing, right? The
0: little button thing, brilliant. There you go, you saved me five minutes.
1: Okay, say some more.
0: So Stream Deck is intended for gamers and it's a way to have a separate set of controls from your main keyboard on your computer if you're gaming and you can configure the Stream Deck so each button lights up with a custom icon or text or something on it uh, yeah. and gamers use it to record or do replays or to control streaming or to control the volume of individual bits of the game. And it's like having a little bespoke keyboard in front of you that you can Mm. configure and you can change the configuration of the buttons and what they do, depending on what application or what game you're playing.
1: That's very smart, isn't it?
0: And that is fantastic. And if you're a gamer, then I suspect you'll already know about Elgato products and the Stream Deck. And, uh, you know, you might be inclined to get one. But I actually think buy it for the geek in your life anyway, because I've bought one for my work computer and I've plugged it in and I don't have any gaming stuff Hmm. on there. I have a button to turn my microphone on and off in Teams calls. I have a button to turn my video camera on and off in Teams calls. I have a button to turn my Hue smart lamp on my desk on and off to give me illumination when I'm on calls. Also, because you can add little plugins to the Stream Deck software on your computer, which will integrate with other things. I've also integrated it with my smart Mm -hmm. home as well. By pressing buttons on the stream deck, I can set the temperature that I'd like my office to be at and turn the heating on and off, turn the ceiling lights on and off. And by paging through, I can actually control a whole bunch of smart home technology as well. And the Philips Hue smart lights has a native integration. There's a home assistant integration that's been developed by the community. And you can even just have it do something as simple as press a keyboard combination. So if you have an app, that you use perhaps for work. I'd, I'd find myself taking a lot of screenshots to demonstrate things to yeah. people. And I can never remember on the Mac, it's Control, or Mac, Apple, Shift, F4. Alt and Shift, then you hope and Shift I 4. can remember. Hmm. You can just set up that keyboard combination to be pressed when you press the button on the Stream Deck. It's really nice. The one I'm recommending is the Stream Deck Mini. It has six buttons on it. It's £70. It's out of stock in Amazon at the moment, but it's in stock with other retailers. The Elgato website has a list of all the retailers you can buy it from. It's absolutely brilliant, and it's a really nice thing for your tech enthusiast or your geek friends, because it's the sort of thing that might feel like a bit of a luxury, but it's a nice thing to have and to play with. The only warning I'd say is that you need to be able to install the client software on your computer. So if you're thinking about using it for work, Bear in mind that your employer might not let you install the software to drive this onto a work computer, but if you have your yeah. own computer you work on or if you work in a business that does allow you to install your own software or if you'd like to have something you know that you use on your personal computer at home, this is absolutely brilliant. It's so convenient and I've a million gadgets and buttons and gizmos and those sorts of things on this desk in front of me, but I find myself keep coming back to this because it's a nice big button with an illuminated like a screen behind every single button. And so it's not just a case of uh, which button do I press to turn my team's microphone on and off when I'm working. I can see from the picture if it's muted or not. You know, I can yeah. see whether my lights are on 50% or 100%. I can see the temperature of my office right now on the button display, and I can just press it if I want to be warmer. So it's really handy, really great gizmo. Uh, like I say, I can't for the life of me think why they're almost exclusively marketed to gamers because there are people using them out there for you know, things far beyond gaming. Mm. And if you're sold on the idea and you think, well, that's great, but actually I want more than six buttons, the standard Stream Deck device has just been updated. That's about £140 and that has 15 keys. Or if you really want to go bonkers, there's a model with 32 keys on it for £215. But I suspect at the point you're spending £200 on a Stream Deck, you've probably got a fairly uh, specialist Mm. need. So that's me done. Great. Absolutely love the Stream Deck. It's a really important bit of kit on my desk. I honestly couldn't imagine having a desk set up without one now. Absolutely love it. And uh, I have to say, I've paired it with, I use a Mac daily. I've paired it with Keyboard Maestro, which is one of our favourite bits of software I think we've talked about in the past, to run little macros and little keyboard sequences on my Mac. Mm. And so having a custom hardware button that can trigger keyboard maestro routines is just the best of both worlds for me because I can now have screenshots, press buttons, shortcuts, all the things I would want to do really easily. It's absolutely fantastic. And if you're feeling really, really fancy, I even have it controlling elements of my smart home by integrating with Home Assistant so that I can see temperature, lights, status, those sorts of things. So you can even write little bits of code and little scripts if you want to get really geeky. But like I say, the geek in your life will enjoy playing with it, mm. even if uh, if nothing else. Okay, on to our last gift recommendation then, Ralph Blanford.
2: Yes, uh, it's been a pretty miserable 18 months. So I think we need something to cheer us up a bit. So my gift recommendation is the Rainbow Maker. This is a product from a company called Kickerland. It's about £35, €35. Euros. You may have to import one of these because there aren't very many around in the UK and this is a solar-powered rainbow maker. It attaches to your window using one of those suckers and then creates an explanation of rainbow patterns when the sun hits it. Apparently this is a good way to bring relaxing things into your life. The way it works is essentially there's a little solar panel. It then Connects to a series of cogs that then move a crystal around. So you're getting the refraction of the light and it's sort of creating patterns as the sun shines through a crystal. And it is sort of a bit of color and whimsy for your life. You know, (laughs) no particular use to it, but I think seeing that kind of thing. It's not stopped us before. (laughs) Yeah, well, exactly. And, you know, this is uh, no batteries or anything like that. It's just a nice, clever things being put together. And if you get one of these, the cats, if you have one, really, really like them because they like chasing rainbows. And I just think, you know, everyone could do with a I few am. more rainbows in their life right now. Hmm. Fair enough. I have
0: nothing to add to this whatsoever. I'm just looking at the Kickerland website, which is uh, the US retail one, and they have some nice pictures of the device, although I'm slightly distracted by the fact that they'll also sell you a solar powered model of Albert Einstein waving at you as well. So it's obviously a, a high gift to keep, to keep on giving. Of-
1: the gift, <laughs> gifts that everyone needs.
0: Okay, thanks very much, Rafe Blanford. That is our nine gift recommendations this year across a range of price points for yourself and for your loved ones. However, obviously, as with all of these things, there's always the ones that we couldn't get to in the show. So, super duper quick, let's do a quick gift dump, as it were. Let's take it in turn, starting with you, Rafe Blanford. 10 second
2: gift recommendations, go. Uh, goats on Zoom, but because it's Christmas, instead of goats, you get reindeer, and you can have a reindeer appear in your Zoom or Teams call for five pounds for five minutes. It's quite a good idea. That money well spent
1: yeah. for the team.
0: Okay, next one from me. I really like the Hue Go. That's a smart light that is portable. You can unplug it and it works off battery power as well. It's really great introduction to smart lighting. Works with all the Hue ecosystem, so work off your phone, or you could get a little button or remote control but it's uh, handy because you could have it perhaps in a, you know as a bedroom lamp or something running normally, and then you can bring it out for Christmas and you can put colours and things on it for parties or for dinners or for mood lighting if you want to move it around the house. I've got a couple of them, and I really like them. So, oh. yeah, £70 uh, Hue Go. It's been revamped recently. You get the new one.
2: And an extra 10 seconds, Ben, you can also get 100-watt equivalent Hue bulbs now, which if you've got a Hue in one of those one bulb in a room or scenario like that, Definitely an upgrade to add a bit more illumination because it's getting darker now earlier.
0: Yeah, top tip for making that a nice gift go buy an IKEA yeah. or Amazon
2: cheap lamp
0: with an E27 fitment, which is the, yeah. uh, the twist in one, and stick a Hue bulb into it. You've got a really nice smart lamp there without paying crazy money for mm. Um, mm. ones that are sold as smart by people like Hue.
1: You. Hue Cloud. Right, okay, well, my one is a key light. I know it's not small. Are these meant to be stocking fillers? Nope, just quick. No, okay, just we talked about them ages ago. And it's just a proper light from Elgato. You put it on your desk, and you have ideally you have two of them shining at you when you're on a conference call, and you look amazing. they your key light, $199 each. What a yep. bargain! Absolutely love those. This year,
0: we've bought a DJI Mini, a Mavic Mini drone for family member. They are now released the DJI Mavic Mini 2. It's not especially new, but my recommendation would be if you've got somebody who wants to have a drone for a Christmas present definitely Mm. get the version 2. If you're looking at the Mavic Minis, these are the really nice small ones that you don't need a license to fly. The 2 has a vastly upgraded software, which is really good for people who are having their first drones. Mm. Loads of safety features and convenience features on that one. Top tip, particularly around Black Friday, they frequently go on sale. They can be quite expensive up to sort of north of £500 with all the kits with the extras on, bought direct, but we've seen them for around £350 from some of the retailers with the best deals on. So if you've got time, shop around. If you can pick one up for 350 quid, it's a lot of money, but it's a fantastic present, and I know it's gone down really
2: well. Ray Flanford, mm-hmm. any more rapid fire from you? Raspberry Pi type things from the Pi Hut. You can get all kinds of uh, kits, and you can get things that allow you to make um, internet radio from a Pi Zero. You can get kind of Christmas trees, kind of a 3D printed circuit board, voice recognition, ones with uh, camera. And if you want to get into playing with a Raspberry Pi, I just think it's an easy way to kind of get a complete kit ready to go. You can get ones that kind of monitor your plants and allow you to grow chilies and it all comes in one kit to create smart TVs, wildlife cameras, all those kind of things, even a Pi Zero for wall mounting, smart home controls. And it just gives you really easy access and entry to those. So have a look on pihot.com and you'll be able to find some kits there.
0: I think some of those kits would be great for younger, sort of teenagers and children and things because they come with all the bits you need to assemble them and some instructions as well. So there were some really great ones in there. I was surprised at the range. I even saw one that looks like a big LCD clock. I thought, oh, we could finally make the 361 studio clock. You know, to count down the minutes until we're over time. <laughs> Final one from me the Nintendo Switch is a hit device for Christmas and birthday presents, and the OLED version is available now. I think it's sold out at the time of recording and I expect it to be very hard to get hold of in the run up to Christmas but if you've managed to find one or if you've got a family member who's already got one and you're thinking about buying games for them obviously all the existing original Switch games still work the recommendation would be to buy the shrink-wrapped physical products from shelves or from retailers including Amazon the Nintendo store itself doesn't seem to discount and we've actually managed to no. save quite a lot of money shopping around for the titles that we wanted and it feels counterintuitive buying a physical thing and it costing less than the downloaded version, but that's the way it's gone. And so, yeah. my suggestion: get onto Amazon and other electronics retailers. Look for the discounts. You will find them more readily than the Nintendo Store.
1: Can I just say, like we have a Nintendo Switch? I think it was Archie that got it or Freddie. And the online store is the worst by far, ever by far worst online experience of a store like this i mean playstation is a bit annoying at times you know from 1995 it feels like um, xbox is a bit better but the nintendo store oh just ridiculous so the pricing is very annoying but the actually the user experience of it i will try it again it's been a few months since i have refused to do it refused to use it and when the children have been screaming have you used it yet
0: well for now we've bought one for as a christmas gift but we have solely bought the physical products because the prices were so steep on the online store. Yeah. And I, I get there's a convenience factor. We we might do it in no, the no, future. No, it's
1: not sixty dollars. It's ridiculous, right? And there's zero discounting. Absolutely. Okay, there are there, is, there are some discounts now and again, but it just feels it looks like they haven't thought about the consumer experience at all. Total afterthought, I think. Maybe they've changed. I will have a look again. But for the last six months we've refused to buy any of this nonsense. It's just really poor quality. You know, it's, it's the one where you log in and they try and buy it. Fails. It fails. Try another card. Fails. Try another fail. Nothing fail. Yeah, I am not impressed. Right? I expect you. You at the minute have an expectation of how the store will work. You do, right? Yeah. That is not how it works, or how it didn't work. I need to check it recently.
0: I was sceptical about buying the Switch as a device when we've got plenty of iPads and things like that. But having been beset with in-app purchases and annoyance and things for iPad games for the children in our families. Mm. I now get the appeal of a dedicated device and a portable device and something with a joystick and all those sorts of things. Really? But I really was surprised at the price of the games and was delighted to find that they are cheaper retail. And of course, if we don't like them, it means we can give them to family members or swap them around If you know for age appropriateness or as we grow out of things, because particularly with kids, games, uh, it's all very well buying something that's appropriate this year, but will it stay fun for the longest time to be worthwhile?
2: And to finish us off, if you are listening to this late and need a last minute gift recommendation, you can go to Amazon and actually now buy Kindle books for other people by clicking on the buy for someone else button. And all you have to do is fill in their email address and they can then redeem the book later. It's something I've complained about previously not being able to do. But some people like getting all their books on kindle and if you need to send something digitally you can actually buy it on christmas day and still print something out put it under the tree or just send it to them as an email so there's your quite literally last minute gift guide or suggestion i think that's a really good tip something else actually that just struck me would be if you are
0: planning to buy gift vouchers for people in other countries as we have often tried to do it's incredibly difficult to make overseas credit cards work in the various stores. We've had problems with Amazon vouchers, with Apple vouchers, and with Spotify vouchers over the years. So if you're planning to do those things, don't leave it to the last minute. Do your homework now. Yeah. Frequently, the only reliable way to make this work is to get somebody in country to buy these things for you. We've expended many, many hours trying to work around those problems in the past, particularly and annoyingly with Apple, who was one of the hardest to make work. So vouchers, you you always assume that they're going to be super easy and you'll just do them just 10 minutes before you need to. But uh, sadly, that's not been the case for us when we've been buying overseas. So that would be my top tip there. Anyways, we are out of time. This is the end of season 20 and our 10th year. So we're going to wrap up now until Christmas. We'll be back for a episode a special episode between Christmas and New Year. Ooh a bonus. I say I say special more because of when it will be timed in the year rather than the actual content. I oh, suspect the on. content will be more of the same. So we'll be back between Christmas and New Year and then having a little holiday and we'll be back to you in twenty twenty two. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to 361podcast.com slash support, where you can help us with the cost of production. You support the show from as little as $1 per episode. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters who help us with the cost of production. If you'd like to leave feedback or suggest other gifts uh, in the run-up to Christmas, then go to 361podcast.com. You can leave a comment underneath this episode, or you can send us a email privately if you prefer to do that, or you can find us on Twitter at 361podcast. Gentlemen, if we don't see you before, have a very happy Christmas. Good luck with the shopping.
2: Indeed. Thank you, Ben. You too.
0: You too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And I will speak to you sometime between here and New Year. And uh, we'll be back with Season 21 in 2022.
3: Bye-bye. Meanwhile, at the 361 Multimedia Suite, located 30 feet beneath the Blandford Estate... There were times I thought I would never get here. But finally, oh, season 20, episode 10. End of season, end of the year, and the start of a break for me.
4: Mr. Gampard Senior said
5: to take you everywhere.
4: Hiya, this is the guy from the auction house doing the insurance assessment.
5: I'm Joy Love, St. Joy Love from Christabee's. Sorry to disturb you. Oh my, oh my word. Do I like this? Do you know what you have here?
3: Well, I know what it isn't. It isn't the super trendy standing desk just like Ewan's that they asked for. Oh, no. What I've got is some crappy desk chucked out from the big house, raised up on four beer crates. Well,
5: my dear fellow, if I'm not very much mistaken, what you have here is... Mm. Yes, excellent. Yes, as always, I'm correct. You have here one of the finest examples of a mahogany gentleman's writing desk. late George III. Hmm. Original handles.
4: Is it a good one then, Mr Joylove?
5: Well, I don't think I would be over-exaggerating if I were to say this is the finest example I have seen in over 30 years in the trade. A piece by the celebrated craftsman. Spence, yes, I'm quite sure. Now. If I just look behind this drawer, Spence was renowned for secret compartments in his work. Aha! Yes, yes, here we are. And a piece of parchment within. Right, well, I'll have that, thank you.
3: So, is that weird cupboard. It's called an armoire, isn't it? Yes, correct. Okay, is that armoire worth something, then?
5: (laughs) Nah, that's just a bit of rubbish, mate.
3: Right, well, off you pop, then. Don't let the door hit you on the way out.
5: Goodbye.
3: See ya. Yep. See ya. Right. Let's get this show finished then.
5: Okay.
0: Are we? Uh, are we ready to kick off then? We are. Let's do it. Welcome back, gentlemen. How are you doing? Very well, thank you and McLeod coming to us live? Oh, so well, there we go. Wow. So exciting. Rafe Blanford's woken up. Hello, Rafe Blanford coming to us live from London.
2: Oh wait. Are we not starting
1: again? Oh. So Shall that- we start again? Yeah. Yes. I
2: think that would be better, wouldn't it? A bit of a false start.
1: Yeah. Well, I just he always he always got to Rafe. I'm wondering why you came to me it's very nice should we call that a practice one well just because I was
0: going to say that we'd met up and said, but no
1: yeah okay
2: well I'll go to Ewan first I'll just feel victimised and left out It's fine cool like <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the time <laughs> yeah
1: it's <sighs> just <Yeah. laughs>
0: we just need some foley of a tiny violin please Mark
4: oh yeah what was on that bit of paper then
3: It's someone's idea of a joke. It's meant to be a treasure map. You know, ah, pirates.
4: Really? You know, that might be real.
3: Oh, don't be ridiculous. He's going to bury treasure in the middle of the English countryside?
4: How long have you worked here?
3: Slaved here, more like.
4: Whatever. How long? Five years. Don't you ever go in the gift
3: shop? What, to get Blandford Estate tea towels to soak up my tears? No.
4: Well, Mr Blanford Senior did years of study into the history of the family and his monogram was published and you can buy it in the gift shop.
3: It takes me long enough to try and turn the rubbish they give me into buttery smooth gold each week. I've not got time to do anything else. Well, I've read it.
4: I think it's maybe the third or maybe the fourth Lord Blanford. I can't remember which, but he was a privateer for Elizabeth I.
3: Right.
4: A privateer as in another name for a pirate.
3: Oh, Rafe, did I
0: tell you my boy told me he wanted a cat for Christmas? I normally cook a turkey, but uh, if it makes
1: him happy. (laughs) 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 Quite like that. Quite like that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That was a joke, everyone, just in case. Mm-hmm. No animals
3: were harmed. I mean, for a treasure map to work, you've got to know where to start. I don't even know where to start.
4: Well, it tells us that in the first verse.
3: How does it tell us that, then?
4: To find treasure of purest gold from fables of yore, sally forth from the mouth of the liquor store.
3: We haven't got a liquor store.
4: It's the buttery.
3: What do you mean it's the buttery? That's where they make butter.
4: No... In the Middle Ages, it was a storeroom for liquor. The butt, as in another name for a cask, you know.
3: All right, so we start from the cave entrance to the buttery. Well, I can kind of read the next bit. So, first 600 paces north you must take to the house of my lord. Well, the big house is like
4: 30 yards to the west. It's not to the north. It's not my lord. It's mallard. What's mallard got to do with it? Well, that Lord I was talking about, he was first mate to Drake.
3: Drake, I don't, I'm not getting any of this.
4: Well, Drake, as in a duck. So instead of my House, Mallard House, as in duck house, to get it?
3: Right, okay, come on then, let's go. You
0: and I'm actually looking forward to post COVID recordings because. Um, I feel like uh, when when we do it in person, Rafe and I don't really see eye to eye. It's because he's short.
2: I I really don't know why I still do this.
0: What's the other one? What's Rafe short for? It's because he's got little legs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, That's one way to decommission Rafe's microphone.
3: (laughs) There's no rowing boats to get across.
4: It's not that deep. Seen young Rafe in the lake. He's got short legs. Go on, you can wade that.
3: Right. Okay. Getting deeper. He's getting much deeper.
4: Oh, that's strange. Young Rafe must be deceptively taller than I thought he was. Oh, great!
3: Duck poo everywhere. Oh.
4: Did you find anything?
3: Yeah. I found out how wet I am. I'm just sure stink a duck poo now. But yeah, I found this key.
4: Right, let's get back to the buttery then.
3: There we go. That one please, Mark. That's it. I'm
0: done. I've got no jokes. Yeah, I've got a goat called Boris gawping at me.
1: Don't you don't need a reindeer, or you're going to do it now.
0: I I'd inadvertently scrolled down past the reindeers, okay. Litz and Dasher, Donna and Cupid.
1: Shall we press stop then?
0: <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> oh, also, there's a, there's a little donkey. Oh, pony. Little, Sorry, don- right? Okay. No, pony.
1: No, right? You're a no. No singing. On a Although I note here,
0: Rafe, that this company also offer. Donkey assisted therapy, which is what we'll need if we have to listen to McLeod singing.
1: (laughs) Little Okay.
4: Oh, I'm getting quite excited. What do you think it is? Precious stones, diamonds, rubies, pieces of eight.
3: What's it say right at the start of that rhythm?
4: To find treasure of purest gold from Fables of Yore.
3: There you go. It's gonna be gold. It's gold bars. The only thing is, I don't know where the key
4: fits. Well, it tells us that. The key shall unfasten the lock upon the old armoire, and therein lies the treasure of my pirate Papa. Didn't you say that old armoire was here before you started?
3: Right, out of the way, let me have a look. I'm the one who's had to wade through the lake.
4: Yeah, okay. I'm just going to stand over here. It's a bit of a confined space, and uh, you do stink. There must be
3: decades of dust in here. Oh, I don't believe this. Can you read what that says on there?
4: It looks like SO1EO2 recorded in Cannes.
3: It's the 361 Tape Archive, isn't it?
4: Well, it is pure gold. Oh, for f- <laughs>